Hey, it's Sarah, and I have some exciting news for you before we jump into the podcast this week. Starting this coming Monday, that's May 13th, I'm going to be running a two-week pocket planner sprint inside of my course, Published with Purpose. This is where you learn how to create, format, and design a high-value, action-oriented journal or planner and sell it around the world on Amazon. We run a live round every single year in the fall, and then in the spring, I often run our pocket planner round. This is where you get templates to create an amazing pocket or journal planner of your choice in a four by six inch size. And you get templates and all of the swipe files that you need to create something incredible in a short amount of time. During this round, I'm doing something a little bit different and I'm offering asynchronous support. So that means that you'll get one-on-one email support from me during the two weeks to ask questions about your design, your idea, marketing strategies, and so much more. I would love to support you inside of Publish With Purpose and you can find full enrollment details over at publishaplanner.com forward slash enroll. Just make sure that you check it out and join before doors close on Monday, May 13th. You are listening to episode eight of the Mindful Productivity Podcast. And you guys, I am so excited to bring you this episode because I have my first guest on the podcast and it's Jenny Eden Burke. She's an amazing woman. You're going to want to have a glass of wine with her after you listen to our podcast. And we're going to be talking all about mindful eating and what that really looks like, how you can actually incorporate it into your daily life. Jenny leads me through a mindful eating exercise, and it was really a fantastic experience for me. And I have a feeling you are going to enjoy it as well. Let's go ahead and jump into the podcast so you can learn more about Jenny and her role as an eating psychology coach. She's got so much wisdom to share. I'm so excited. Let's go. Welcome to the Mindful Productivity Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Steckler, and this is the place to be to live a more mindful and productive life. If you're ready to turn daily chaos into calm and start your days with intention, then get ready to join me as we dive deep into mindful living and personal productivity. It's time to connect with your true self so you can live the life you want to live. And it all starts now. Jenny, oh my gosh, I am so pumped that you are my first guest on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, I am so excited to be here and to be your first guest. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so why don't you go ahead and and tell everyone just a little bit about yourself and what you do before we kind of jump into everything we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, sure. So I'm Jenny Eden Burke, and I'm a certified eating psychology coach and a body image mentor. Um, I'm a speaker and also the author of the best-selling book, The Body Image Blueprint. So I just love working with women and men just to help them, you know, heal their relationship with food and with their bodies and to have a more balanced, joyful and healthy relationship with, you know, just being in your own space, in your own body and to remove fear from food and from eating experiences and to insert uh, more pleasure into that. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I have to say too, I, I read your book. You actually reached out to me before it went live and we're like, I was so honored. You're like, will you read like the, the first like edition of it? And I was like, yes, like, oh my gosh. Like, and it's, it's so impactful and so powerful. And I, I think I've told you this before, but I actually, I felt really emotional just even reading the intro. Cause it spoke so much to me. I'm like, this is me. Like I, 
I totally, you know, have binge eaten and I've done all these things. And like, it was just such a very refreshing way that you came to talk about eating and body image. And I'm just so glad that you put it out there and put it out into the world. Thank you. And you were so sweet. Like you read it and you wrote me a beautiful like review and you know, the first section, um, people are often surprised because I I talk about near death experience. It's like, how does that related to, (laughs) um, like, where are you going with this? And it's like, Oh, you know, just near death experiences. Like it's the experience of people being removed from their physical bodies, right. And sort of hovering over their bodies. And, um, I've read so much about people sort of once they've had near death experiences and they recognize that their bodies are just sort of like vessels that they have here on earth. And it made me just think about like, wow, we've really got to be connecting more on a soul level. And we're just so obsessed and fascinated with like all the, like the spacesuits that we inhabit, you know, these like physical sort of houses that we, we live in, you know? Yeah. And you know, I feel that way too. Like, I don't know, the older I get, I'm like, wow, my body is, is so much more than what it looks like. And that sounds so obvious, but like, I'm really starting to feel that now. It's like, it's so much more. I remember even just being in my early twenties, just being so, you know, obsessed with like, oh my gosh, how do I look? And oh, I don't know. And I remember my mom at one point telling me like, I used to feel the same way until I realized like, nobody's paying attention to you. We're all just kind of paying attention to ourselves. Like we're all, we're all freaking out all day long about our body. It's true. true. We're like all sort of just scrutinizing ourselves. We don't have time to scrutinize everybody else. Right. Yeah, I know. And, um, so I, you know, I, I have, I don't know how well this is going to go over, you know, I didn't really think this through with eating in front of a microphone, (laughs) but I, I did bring, I have like a couple like seed crackers and hummus and um, maybe I'll mute myself while I'm chewing. And I was wondering if maybe you could lead me through what it's like to mindfully eat because I have a little bit of idea about it. I, I try to practice mindful eating, but maybe for some of the listeners that have heard about mindful eating and they're like, well, what does that really mean? Like, do I need to be like in a forest, like with complete silence? <laughs> and like, maybe you could kind of break that down. So um, yeah. I'll mute myself while I'm chewing, but if you want to just kind of let me know, like, where to go. Yeah, you, you absolutely need to be a monk and like living in Bhutan to mindfully eat. <laughs> But no, I'm just kidding. Um, mindful eating is something that anybody can do anywhere, anytime. And, you know, I do in my practice, I talk a lot about mindful eating and intuitive eating. And it's people have like a lot of like ideas about it. But truthfully, it's just about be dropping into your body while you're eating. And a lot of people, you know, are very distracted when they eat. It's, you know, due to the culture that we live in, we're constantly on the go, we're constantly multitasking. In fact, we're like, you know, we get accolades for multitasking and output, like how much can you accomplish in a day? And so it lends itself to like, not, you know, thinking of food as the activity, it's like the side activity while you're doing something else more important. So like a lot of what I do is just like, Hey, can, can food and eating actually be what you're doing right now and nothing else? And when you can bring that level of attention and awareness to your eating experience, like all these magical things happen, at least for me, and I teach people how this can work for them too. And it's like amazing. It's the most basic thing in the whole world. And yet people have these revelations like, oh, now I get it. Now I know like what I, when to stop eating, when to start eating, how many bites. Like it's all intrinsically there, but we just have to tap back into it. So I mean, I'd be happy to like walk you through some of that. 
We can do like yeah. a really brief. Before, yeah, before we get into that, I was just going to say, like, just even hearing you talk about that, like, I'm like, wow, you know, we make time to do other things, like solely, like we solely do those things. But for whatever reason, eating is kind of the secondary thing. Like, I can think of thousands of times when I've been like eating in my car on the go and I've been proud of myself. Like, I ate my sandwich on the way to work and like, I'm multitasking. And it's like, but there's so many other things we do every day where we're not like doing, you know, we're not like taking a shower and then also trying to like read a book at the same time. We're, we're present in the moment. And obviously that's circumstantial, but I just think that's really a great point is that we don't, for whatever reason, you know, we don't take time to just eat and just do that. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it causes all this havoc because we lose touch with our hunger cues. We lose touch, lose touch with our satiety cues. We eat fast and then we end up eating more than we expect. And then we only realize when our body's like screaming at us to stop, to actually stop, right? And so a lot of my clients are like, well, I just don't, my body doesn't tell me when to stop. I just keep eating. And I'm like, well, how fast are you eating? And are you eating distractedly? And are, you know, because I, in fact, I had a client, it was so funny. She was like, I brought a brownie into work and I was so excited to eat it. And I was multitasking and working. And I ate the brownie and I didn't even remember eating the brownie. And then she was like looking around for it. Like, where's my brownie? And she (laughs) already ate it. And she was like, what's the point of having this delicious brownie if I'm not even going to remember eating it, right? So, Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I know. She's like, where's my brownie? Oh shit, I already ate it. (laughs) Right? That reminds me of, I I think it was the movie Never Been Kissed with Drew Barrymore where she gets drunk and she drinks a bunch of wine and then she eats this pie and she wakes up the next morning like, who ate my pie? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like she realizes it was her. She just doesn't remember. She's like, oh yeah, it was me. Shit. <laughs> yeah. And we've all, I mean, we've all had those moments, you know, or like for me too, it's been like, uh, you know, like we'll, we'll make a cake or something and then like, oh, you know, I'll creep into the kitchen and be like, I'm going to, I'm just going to have like, it's this horrible black hole of, I'm just going to take a fork and just like have a bite of the cake. And then it's like, oh no, it's, it's uneven or, oh, before I know it, this like Pac-Man shape has turned into like a half moon. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, oh no, maybe I should just bake another cake. So nobody knows. That's hilarious. And then you have to make like a ghost go with the Pac-Man. Like, well, I've got that, right? Um, yeah, that happens all the time. And there, like, there's a lot of reasons why we, um, why we do that. Number one is like, if we stand up and we eat it, this pie or this cake or this brownie, and we're like, you know, we're not fully owning the decision to eat it. There's like, it's kind of mired with all of this like emotional and morality. Like, should I have the cake? Should I not have the cake? Like, I'm really not hungry, but I kind of really want it. And we go through this whole dialogue and it takes away from our experience of pleasure and joy of actually eating something that is delicious, right? Which we all deserve. It's, there's no morality. There's nothing wrong with eating things like this. It's the, the stories that we tell ourselves and the fear of the consequences that we expect from eating that. And some of that is real and some of it is imagined. Like if you have a piece of pie, let's for instance, a lot of people have stories about, you know, this, oh my gosh, there's gluten in this. And oh my gosh, there's so many calories and this is going to cause me to gain weight right away. And, you know, I always have to sort of hold people back and be like, is that true? Is that really true? Or is this you know, just your association with this food. And then, and it prevents you from actually enjoying it because you're inserting all of this dialogue and morality into it. And it really, I think, prevents people from truly enjoying it because there's so many conflicted feelings about it, you know? 
Oh, that makes so much sense. And for me too, it kind of reminded me of, I have, sometimes I have so much like decision fatigue around eating. Like, what should I eat? What's the best thing to eat? And then before I know it, I'm like starving. And then I'm like, you know what? Fine. I'm just going to have chips. Like, I don't care. <laughs> like, you know, and it's like, and then I feel guilty the whole time. And I know too that, that um, I've read too that, you know, how you feel about food, and I'm sure you could speak to this, really affects like how you digest it and how it sits in your stomach. And it just creates this this whole other nuance of, of how we feel about it. Absolutely. I mean, like, think about it, like your thoughts become your perceptions and you create meaning with those, per- sorry, your perceptions create thoughts and thoughts create, you know, create meaning about that. And then that shows up in your behaviors, right? And so like, we can literally talk ourselves into anything. And you're absolutely right about the decision stuff, because um, there's a term I have called decision anxiety, where it's like, oh, what do I do? Should I do this? Should I not do this? I should, I, I want, but you know, and then we get ourselves, make ourselves crazy. And oftentimes um, I'll have clients who like say, like, I don't get it. I'm good all day. Good. I put that in quotes. And then I like lose, I like lose it in the evening and I just end up eating whatever I want and I feel out of control. And I'm often saying to them like, well, of course, like you've been making decisions all day long and you're exhausted and you don't want to have to make any more decisions. Right. And if you couple that with like hunger, it's a total disaster because you have hunger and decision fatigue. You're not going to be like, Ooh, I'm going to make like a really nice green smoothie for myself right now. You're going to be like, okay, what's in front, whatever's here, I'm going to eat. Like, I don't care what it is. Right. And, um, and so people sort of like, Feel it's almost like imagine people clenching their fists all day long, mm-hmm. trying to be good, right? And to do everything right. And then you get home and you're exhausted and you've made all these decisions and you just want to relax and not have to worry about it. And this is what oftentimes leads to a lot of decisions that people regret later. Oh, I so like you've kind of described like when I have those stressful days. Yeah, it's like I want a reward. I want to come home. I just want to like whatever. I don't want to think about it. But so I have okay. So I have this cracker and I have some hummus. And so why don't we try having you kind of lead me through what it's like to mindfully eat? And um, I'll mute myself so I'm not like crunching in everybody's ears. No, I want to hear you crunch. (laughs) Own your crunch, right? Okay, so what I want, would want you to do is really just drop into your body for a minute. And, you know, this is something that we often fail to do. We, especially if you're hungry, you kind of just want to eat right away. You don't want to like create any sort of barrier or ritual around eating because you're just want to, you're in survival mode and you just want to eat, right? So oftentimes what I'll ask people to do is to take a glass of water. If, if they're feeling really ravenous, just take a glass of water, drink it so that you can get, take the edge off a little bit. Okay. Now, assuming you're not particularly starving and you just want to like have a a nice snack of um, crackers and hummus, that's great. You still want to drop into your body. And what I would do is have you take a couple of just really deep grounding breaths. You can do this right now. So in through your nose, out through your mouth. And just take a minute to like notice how your body is feeling. So You may notice that you're hanging on to some stress from the day, from the morning. You may feel that you're at a bit of an excited state. Some things will start to become clear to you, whether it's um, some physical distress or discomfort or some emotional stress, but just take it all in and observe it and notice where you're at with respect to your body. And as you're breathing in and out, just allow yourself and give yourself permission 
to breathe out any stress or discomfort that may be coming from an emotional or psychological place. And just give yourself permission to be fully aware and grounded in this moment. And what I would do is ask you to look at this food and to bring some appreciation and gratitude for it. Because oftentimes we dive into things without realizing like, I am so lucky to be able to have the choice to, to make this choice to eat this balanced and nourishing food right now mm. or whatever it is, even if it's pie, like I'm so lucky to <laughs> delicious pie right now, you know, like literally say it to yourself. Like I own this decision. I am looking so lovingly at this cracker. I'm like, I love you. <laughs> I love you cracker. Like we could have an engagement shoot right now. And you can just look at it and be and sort of marvel in the fact that you get to eat this amazing food and maybe even take a minute to think about where, what the journey was for this food to get to your plate. Like who was involved, where, mm. where, where was the wheat grown, you know, like the chickpeas, how did that turn into this delicious, like creamy hummus? Um, you know, just take some gratitude and some mindfulness about where the food came from. And then what I would do is bring up the cracker, like assuming you have maybe dip it in some of the hummus. And what I would do is just bring it up to your nose, right? And just smell it for a minute. And sometimes just the act of smelling the aroma of food can activate um, the digestive process, which sometimes we override when we're eating really fast. We don't even get a chance to, um, there's something called the cephalic phase of digestion, which is where all of your other senses are involved that give your body a chance to prepare itself for digestion. And that can include aroma and sight. Like that's why I have you look at it. Um, it can include chewing very, very um, mindfully and making sure that you're masticating the food really well and allowing like the specific enzymes in your salivary glands to play a role and to help break down that food and bring it down to its journey in your you know, large intestine and small intestine. And as you said, like bringing this awareness can bring a whole level, other level of being able to digest your food and assimilate the nutrients of that food. Oh my gosh. Can and I just the- say something real quick? I, I'm drooling. Like I can feel my <laughs> mouth. Like, like it's crazy because I, I hardly ever just like smell hummus. Like I love the way it smells, but I ha- hardly ever do that before I eat something. And I'm, I'm sitting here looking at this cracker, like this is going to be the most amazing experience. Like it's just, it, that's really interesting. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you more at the end too but about that. But yeah, and then what I want you to do, and then you can mute yourself now, is just put, like take a bite of this cracker with hummus, okay? Don't chew it yet, but just take a bite and notice how it feels in your mouth. Like notice where you tend to place your food. Some people put it right in the middle of their tongue. Some people like immediately go to one to the left or to the right side. Notice where you, you know, place food on your palate and, um, and when you're ready, you can just slowly start to chew this food and, you know, be aware of any emotions that you have about eating this. It could be excitement. It could be concern or worry. It can be, um, you know, boredom, like, oh, or restlessness even, like this is taking so long or, you know, people sometimes feel that while they're eating mindfully. It's like, wow, this is taking so long um, because we're not used to it, right? So once you've done that, I would just slowly start to chew it 
and notice the textures, notice the, the flavor notes. Maybe it feels and tastes a little bit different on one side of your mouth. Maybe it tastes and feels a little bit different on the other side. And I also want you to be aware, Sarah, of when you feel like that urge to swallow the food, because oftentimes we'll, we'll notice this desire to swallow before we've even really fully chewed the food up, you know, so that it can be digested carefully and that they're, they're broken up into smaller pieces. So just notice that urge to swallow the food. And once you've chewed it like a good, you know, 10, 20 times, notice like how your body is feeling, notice how you're, what emotions you're experiencing, and then go ahead and swallow that, that first bite. And as you're swallowing that first bite, I want you to just think for a minute of the amazing fact that you've just taken in the food energy of just a tiny morsel of food. Like how amazing is that? Like you have um, this ability to not only bring incredible awareness to this tiny bite of food energy, but also that you get to fully enjoy that experience. Mm. Oh my gosh. So I'm in my mind right now. I'm singing. I don't know if you ever heard that Spice Girls song. It's like when to become one. Like it's like I'm really having a moment here with this hummus and this cracker. Oh yeah. So tell me about, did you tell me about this love affair with this hummus? So like, yeah. So one thing I noticed was that, um, I was like, because I, I think I built up kind of this anticipation for the food. So I really tasted the flavor a lot more. And I noticed too, I definitely had that impulse to swallow it right away and take another bite, but like letting it sit on my tongue a little bit longer, that was really good. And then also too, uh, moving it around and really like letting all my different taste buds kind of hit, hit it was, I was like, Oh wow, this, this has a lot more nuances to it than I realized. And I also realized like the cracker has like three bites to it. Cause normally I'm just like chomp, chomp, um, yeah. you know, one at a time. And so it was, um, that was good. And then I also really just felt like a lot of joy, like a nourishment, like, and um, like obviously the food itself, but it, on an energetic level, I just felt like, oh, wow, this is really amazing. Like I was thinking about the journey of the food and how it came to be and how I have this, I'm like, I feel really grateful that I have this opportunity to eat this and it was so enjoyable. And so a question I have is like, this is amazing, right? But like, we're not able to do this with every single bite of food that we take. So how, like, how do we go about incorporating this mindful eating into kind of everyday life or when we're out at a restaurant or anything like that? Yeah, such a good question. And people ask me this all the time. And the main thing I want to say is you do not have to eat mindfully every meal, every bite. It just, just isn't feasible or sustainable because of the culture we live in and the way that we lead our lives. So take that extreme measure off the table because oftentimes if we're so rules and regulated, you know, in terms of like, especially with food that it's like, well, Jenny said to eat mindfully and I'm not doing it. So I'm going to feel bad about myself. And it's like, mm -mm -mm. like put mm -hmm. all that aside. Maybe you just start by having one mindful snack a week and that's it. Then maybe you uh, start to have like a silent and mindful dinner once a week. Maybe the whole family does it, maybe just you. And then you're slowly starting to create, make this a practice. Like in the same way that you would make anything a practice, you don't just jump in 100%. You slowly start to see when it makes sense, how you can incorporate this um, as often as you can, right? Without any judgment or morality, you're just doing it whenever you can. And I think that most people end up finding so much pleasure in it. And also they find that they eat less because their body's giving them a lot more signals and I do this exercise with chocolate a lot in like 
in workshops and things. And people are amazed at how they get a sense of fullness and satiety from like one tiny bite of chocolate when they would typically like take handfuls of it, right? And just eat it and can eat the whole thing. I have people who are saying that they're literally full and they don't want a single bite more after four bites. And, I'm, and I say to people like, that's how you could live. You could know exactly when you're full and exactly when you've had enough. And there's like a full body satiety, especially with like foods that have a lot of uh, fat in it and so forth. But to answer your question about the restaurants, of course, it's a, a lot harder because you know, potentially you're with somebody else. There's a lot of distractions. Um, and so what I, what, and I've had this come up a few times with clients recently where they're like, you know, I really want to like enjoy my meal at a restaurant, but I, I find that I'm so distracted. I'm talking to people and blah, blah, blah. And I say, you know what, go to the, excuse yourself after you order, go to the bathroom, just, you know, say you're going to the bathroom and like literally just stand in a stall if you have to and do a few grounding breaths and give yourself permission to enjoy the, the meal. The two main things that I would you know, tell your listeners is bring awareness and pleasure. Those are the two main sort of ingredients for mindful eating, awareness and pleasure. If you have those two things, you're off to the races. Like you're, you're in a really good position to give your brain enough of what it needs to know to talk back to you. And that- Oh my gosh. That's just, just hearing this is very transformative for me. I'm sure it is for a lot of people listening that are like new to mindful eating as well. And one thing that's real, that really stood out to me just listening to you was um, me and my husband both, we really love, you know, using food as kind of like this event, like we're going to watch TV this weekend and we're going to have all this food. And it's like, sometimes it feels like it's almost like it's never enough, right? Like, oh, well, if we're going to get this, we better make sure we get an extra large bag of chips because we want to make sure that we have like more than we could ever want or need. And, you know, and I'm sure other people can relate to this. And it's interesting because when you bring mindfulness to eating, like even just doing this brief exercise with you now, it's, it's no longer about having more and having a like a quantity of food. It's really like, it's this, it's almost kind of like it's, it creates this abundance in, in the small amount that you have in front of you, like kind of like what you're talking about with the chocolate. And that really is like kind of changing everything for me as I think about it. Yes. I mean, I, I'm like shaking because that's exactly it. It's abundance. And people feel, do get that feeling of like, I need more and more and more of this, especially the, the way that our food is, is created in our society where they're, you know, the food manufacturers make food with a specific bliss point so that we feel compelled to have more and more and more. Right. And we can combat that by bringing pleasure and awareness because that's, what's going to tell your body. Mm, like I am aware that I'm enjoying this. And so my, your body in turn is going to give you the cues to tell you when to stop as opposed to just going on the reward centers in your brain, the dopamine rush, which has us operating more from our like reptilian brain where it's like, mm, this is great. I want more and more and more and more. Right. But we're not really aware. We're not fully conscious when we're operating from our reptilian brain. We're um, not bringing our prefrontal cortex in as much, especially if you're eating fast, your body thinks there's a crisis going on. Like, why are you eating so fast? There must be a bear coming, you know, like <laughs> tell your body, like when you're eating, if you could even just say like, there's no crisis, I'm not in a rush. I give myself permission to enjoy this meal. Like if you, I have to tell myself that sometimes, especially because I have three young kids and like everybody's racing around the kitchen. Like last night, even we were having dinner and I was literally trying to tune them out because they're like, no, 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 
blah, blah, whatever. And then they all leave the table and I'm still there eating. And I used to like get really caught up in the energy of the room. Like, oh, they're mm. eating fast. I eat fast. And now I'm like, you know what? Screw them. I'm going to take as much time as I want to eat this meal. And, um, and I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm going to advocate for myself, you know? Yes. Oh, I love that. And you know, too, it's cool because it just comes back to being able to trust in yourself and trust in your intuition and the knowledge and the wisdom of your body. And, you know, I talk a lot about that when it comes to, you know, making decisions mindfully and all of, and just living an intentional life. And it's like, I always tell people like you have everything you need within you to do anything, to make a decision. You have more wisdom and knowledge than you, th- than you know. And it's like, I think sometimes we look for all these external things to tell us what we think we need to know. Like we go, we use these like food tracking apps and all this, and which I think are fine. Like sometimes, you know, that can help people and that's great. But I think sometimes it gets taken to this extreme where it's like, if I don't have, you know, if I don't have a Fitbit telling me how many steps I'm taking, or I don't have this telling me how many calories I've had, then, then I'm clearly not going to be able to like sustain my health. And I had a friend the other day that actually said, I walked all the way to work and back and I didn't wear my Fitbit, like as if it didn't count. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, therefore it didn't happen. <laughs> right. And, and, but I think we're in this age where we have all these, this amazing technology. I think sometimes we forget to check in with our own body's wisdom. I love you so much, Sarah, because that's exactly, (laughs) I feel the same exact way. Like for, we, we have everything we need inside of us. We've just lost touch with all the noise and muck and experts out there who make us, you know, they make us feel like we're always doing something wrong, but the truth is everybody's different. Um, and you have enough internal wisdom to know believe me, every single person has enough wisdom to know how to nourish themselves. We just um, have given away our power to experts and rules and regulations. And thereby we end up judging our appetites. We end up judging who we are as eaters. We, we live in fear around food that we're always making the wrong choice. And we don't give ourselves enough kind of credit to be like, hey, maybe if I just listen a little more deeply, or maybe if I just slow down a little bit, I'm going to get everything that I need. And I found that for myself time and again. And when I help clients do it, it's, it's such a beautiful revelation for them that it's like the most simple thing ever, but it's like, we have complicated it so much, you know? I love that. Yeah. Just getting back to simplifying it. I think you're so right. I think, you know, I think we want to overcomplicate things. We want all these different tools and resources to help us, but I think what you're ultimately saying is like, this can be really easy. Like it can be very intuitive. You can really empower yourself. And I think too, there's this trickle down effect for a lot of people that when you feel in touch with your eating and all of that, like it, it just impacts the rest of your life. And I actually wanted to ask you a pretty broad question. (laughs) So I'm sorry, I'm just like throwing this at you, but like, if you had to tell someone struggling with, you know, with just eating and, and listening to their body, like what's like the one thing that, that you would share with them? So, no, it's hard to break it down to one thing, but I would I say, you know, exactly what we've been talking about is you're struggling and there's a, there's a whole cascade of reasons why you struggle. And it, it has to do with a couple of things, like how your family eating structure was set up, how you were influenced by peers, um, what your biochemistry is like, all of those things play a role, but ultimately if you listen and you listen deeply to your body and you bring trust, communication, and respect, your body will give that back to you in, in spades. Like it will, it will give that to you. It will give you everything you need. 
as long as you listen to it and you're gentle and kind to it. That's what I would say. Oh my gosh. That's going to be a major quote in the show notes. I love (laughs) that so much. That's so, so profound. And Jenny, I just wanted to thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. This has been amazing. Like I've gotten so much out of this. I'm sure that everyone listening is going to be like, wow. And like, going to take this. And so where can people find you? What's like the next step if, if they want to get to know more about what you do and the, and the things that you offer? Yeah, thank you. So the best way to reach me is my website, which is, um, I'm sure you'll link it in the show notes, but it'll be uh, www.jennyedencoaching.com. And I would love to offer your um, audience, I have a free uh, seven-day mindful eating course that it's, um, it really gives you sort of the what, why, and how of mindful eating. And it's a really good jump start to giving you specific techniques if you want to start learning more about it. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I love it. And we'll definitely link that in the show notes and get all of your information there. And as always, you guys can always find those at mindfulproductivityblog.com slash podcast and just look up this episode. Jenny, oh my gosh, thank you so much for being here and for giving us just so much information. I feel like people are going to have to listen to this again to take more notes and just you've given so much value and also validity to how I think a lot of us feel. And, um, I have like, I think I have about like six more of these crackers and I'm going to mindfully eat the rest of them and, and really enjoy them. So thank you so much for being here. Um, it means a lot. And, uh, thank you for all, everything that you shared today. Oh, thank you, Sarah. I love what you're doing. Um, mindful productivity is such, so important and it's so unique and amazing. And I'm so glad that you've created this podcast. So happy to be here. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode all about mindful eating with Jenny Eden Burke. I had so much fun doing this podcast episode with her and I really want to encourage you to check out her website. She's got so many amazing blog posts and resources right there and you can find it all at JennyEdenCoaching.com. To get more information about everything else she's offering and everything she talked about during our podcast episode as well as access to her free seven-day mindful eating challenge, visit mindfulproductivityblog.com slash podcast to view the podcast notes. Until next week, 